We're back, and we're better than ever. The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, back from the holiday and delighted to have you with us on this Tuesday afternoon. John Michael Hofling from ABC10 is in studio, fresh off a of vacation to Orlando, you lucky oh, dog. Yeah, it felt good. It felt and I good, hope it felt good. But it was 90 degrees, so, you know. People it, up it, here it, don't want to hear that. They don't <laughs> want to hear you complain about the weather, about know, it being I, too hot. I, well, you know, 90 degrees... It felt good for the first couple of days, and I was like, all right, you know, I'd be cool with the 60 degrees in, in Marquette right now. It was beautiful this weekend. We had yeah. really good weather. Yesterday was kind of a bummer. This morning looked like it'd be pretty tough. You and I were both down in Escanaba. Mm-hmm. We were taking in a little golf action, and at one point, I don't know what time you made it down there, but the fog was so thick, I could barely see for yeah. a little stretch. Then it got so much better, it turned into a really nice day. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird, because, like, I mean, I mean, you know, my schedule, I get done at midnight every night, driving mm-hmm. home. It's the thickest fog I've ever been a part of every <laughs> single night. So, I, I guess I just have to, like, take it nowadays. Also, my flight to Chicago, Chicago to Orlando, then, got canceled twice because of the fog <laughs> last week, so... It's a, it's, a, it's a serious thing right now. I tell you what, my father was up here over the weekend. It was his first time in Michigan. We're showing him around. He uh, had a flight from Chicago, a connecting flight, and on the way back. Mm-hmm. And he was saying the same thing. You can never count on being on time when you go through Chicago. Yep. Like, something's going to go wrong. Whatever could go wrong in Chicago airports is going to go wrong. Yeah, I was so upset. Like... People were like, hey, Michael, your flight got canceled. Let's go watch the Game of Thrones series finale. And I was like, no, I will not be good company right now. <laughs> you do not oh, want man. me around you. Tanner Hoops and John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad to have you along. We've got a lot to break down from the NBA. The NHL dropped the puck on the Stanley Cup last night. Maybe even a little baseball to be able to throw in there. By the way, want to wish the best to the Duluth Huskies starting the new mm-hmm. season today, the 2019 version. You and I were both a part of last year's Northwoods League team. Yeah, and I feel like I was a little bit a part of that Duluth Husky squad, too. I mean, me and Tiger have worked together mm-hmm. in the past before then and stuff like that. I mean, I, there were a lot of people that I knew. Hunter Biggie was actually a baseball teammate of my brother's sure. back in California. So mm-hmm. a lot of guys I knew, and I was actually pulling for you guys, but ultimately Fondy got it. And, you know, they're a good team, too. So Your brother played in Los Gatos, California? He played well. He played in that area. They they were on a team called, I believe, it was CCB together. Okay. And uh, he actually almost went to the Northwoods League last year. My hmm. brother was going to be a Green Bay Bullfrog. So. Uh, is that right? Now and, the booyah. Yeah, yeah. Would have been would have been a Bullfrog, but ultimately pulled out the last second because of an injury. Well, and the booyah are playing Traverse City tonight, so we've got somewhat area baseball in the Northwoods for the I first guess. time ever. That's kind of cool. Close I mean, enough. Yeah. I didn't know there was a new team in Traverse. Yeah, the Pit Spitters. They will be making their. Northwoods debut tonight, hosting Green All right. Bay. All right. Kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. I tell you what, we got a lot to break down over the course of the next hour. Let's start with basketball. Baxter Holmes came out with an expose. He's one of our senior writers here at ESPN. And he really went into the dysfunction that is the Los Angeles Lakers, very similar to what Seth Wickersham did with the Cleveland Browns a few months ago. We all knew they were a dumpster fire. They're a mess and disorganized right now. But this really opens our eyes as to how bad the situation really is. And it is really bad in L.A. right now. Yeah, did you see that story about Rob Polinka just making up a story about Kobe Bryant going to meet with Heath Ledger after after seeing the dark. Night. I miss that. There was this. There was a story. It was like, oh, Rob Polinka was telling this, and it was like, Kobe Bryant went to go visit Heath Ledger and get his tips on like, oh, how he locks into a role because Kobe was so impressed with his performance in The Dark Knight, and then immediately everybody was like, you know, Heath Ledger died six <laughs> months before The Dark Knight came out, right? Oh man, like so, it's just totally fabricated. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point of that? My gosh. He was great in The Dark Knight, but yeah, ultimately, yeah, that's probably it's, it's, the role that kills him, to be this honest. This is not a knock on Heath Ledger or no. Kobe Bryant. It's a knock on just, like, what's the point of making that story? Uh, right, right. Yeah. I mean, Kobe going to meet with Heath Ledger, I mean, fine. It didn't happen. So, I mean, what benefit do you get by making that? Yeah, like, the story? It, it, what just do you do? Ruin, it just ruins your credibility. And mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I wanted to, like, make a good story. It's like, sure, I guess. But I don't know. It's just when you get a guy like that who feel who has the need to make up things to make your team seem more relevant than they actually are. Mm-hmm. You're the Lakers. You don't need to do that. No, you're the crown jewel of the NBA, arguably, or at least you were. Now it's looking like you're kind of an embarrassment. You're kind of a black eye with they the might NBA be, right like, now. They might. I, I don't know. Maybe the Sacramento Kings, but like 
they might be the most un- like for free agents. They free agents don't really want to go there. They might be the third most popular team in California right now in terms of free agents to come there. I don't know. I'm not sure that I totally agree with that. I I can lean that direction, but I'm not totally on board with it yet because the power structure is awful. There's no doubt. But I don't think that would deter someone like Anthony Davis from wanting to go there. I think the appeal is still going to be LeBron. And as long as they keep LeBron happy, free agents are still going to overlook the total mismanagement of the front office. It's not attractive by any means. I don't think it'll deter a real superstar, though, from wanting to go there as long as they're getting their money and they can play with LeBron. I don't know, because if LeBron succeeded this year, I would, I would agree with you. If he made the playoffs and you know, made a good run, and even if he got eliminated in the first round, it's like, I oh, put up a good fight against a tough Western Conference team, maybe. But they were the 11th seed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can play with LeBron, but you're not going to be good. <laughs> so that, that sort of offsets that, oh, you play with the great one, but it's like... Who wanted to play with Michael Jordan when he, was, when he was on the Wizards? He couldn't attract anybody. Mm-hmm. It's because he wasn't good on the Wizards. Yeah, but the thought process is that adding an Anthony Davis would put them into the playoffs. Adding, Anthony, adding an Anthony Davis would make anybody a playoff team. Exactly, and they, that might be the appeal to want to go play with LeBron. Is that, oh, so, but even still, it's like... I know it's not a great situation, but I do still think that they are capable of getting a big-time free agent. Not Kawhi Leonard. LeBron has apparently already recruited Kawhi based on what he's done in these finals alone. I would go tell LeBron to kick rocks if I was Kawhi Leonard. Jimmy Butler, maybe. That could be a possibility. Oh, Jimmy Butler and LeBron in the same. That'd be be, uh, quite the circus. Yes, it would, but there'd be a lot of talent. Yeah. You throw in Lonzo Ball. I mean, but there... yeah, but there was talent on the Timberwolves, too, but that didn't work out with Jimmy Butler. Right, right. But Jimmy Butler is kind of a grenade. Let's not say a grenade. How about a bottle of Mountain Dew left out in the sun? Shake it up, throw it in a locker room, let it explode, get all messy. They didn't have guys who are equipped to deal with situations like that. I think LeBron is, but doesn't always do it. I think he's got the skills if he wants to be, and that's going to be the question. I feel, Does LeBron want to? I feel... So I, I, I have a different opinion about okay. LeBron in, in that, I mean, you saw how he reacted when it's just like, oh, the th- things weren't going his way in Los Angeles or the last season in Cleveland. It's like, so he blew everything up. Mm-hmm. So you throw that Mountain Dew can in there, I feel like he's just going to let it go, maybe throw a second one in there as well. Cause it's I, a I possibility. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how well he reacts to adversity. I, I think he has the capability if he wants to. And I don't think he wants to. When the Lakers weren't going to make the playoffs and it became clear, he was fine with that. He's not there to win a championship. At least he wasn't this season. I think he has the tools to be able to handle a messy locker room. I just don't think he will if he's put in that situation. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's not out there to win championships, and we've all known that and what have you. And that begs the question, why does LeBron stay despite the mismanagement of the Lakers? And it's simply because he's got his rings. He's already considered well, widely the best player ever. There's nothing left for him to accomplish. There is something. Because you think? it goes from, oh, some people consider me the greatest player of all time to everyone considers me the greatest player of all time. You think Tom Brady was satisfied and he was just like, when people were like, oh, I don't know, Tom Brady or Joe Montana, who knows, who knows? No, now it's not even a question. Tom Brady's the GOAT. And LeBron has got to feel at least somewhat the same way where. You know, he's a better rebounder. He's a better passer. better def- uh, Maybe not a better passer, but he's a better defender for sure. And people are still like, yeah, but MJ has more rings. And I think the only thing that could like sort of save LeBron is the fact that he went to three different cities and won, three ti- and won titles in each of them. He'd be the first player in NBA history to do that. Michael Jordan went to a second team. It was miserable. That didn't work out at all. But if he did want to go win a third ring in a different city... Why the Lakers? I mean, he had to because know he's not going to win three rings in his four years here. Well, because it's the Lakers. Exactly. That's why I think he likes being in L.A. more than he cares about cementing his legacy no. with the ring argument. Well, yeah, but he still... No, he wants to be in L.A. because he gets to be a Laker and right. stuff like that. But the fact is, I don't think it's true that he didn't come to L.A. knowing he or thinking he wasn't going to win a championship. I think he came to L.A hoping to win a championship, wanting to win a championship, because mm-hmm. this would be his biggest city yet and his third and probably final championship in his career. Uh, or, well, it would be his fourth championship, but his third team. 
and it would just be this huge exclamation point. Like, I did this. Uh, my MJ could never do this. I'm the only person. Mm. But it's it doesn't look like it's happening, but I still think that he wants that ring. Similar to what people want Kevin Durant to do. Prove his legacy by taking up a team that shouldn't win a championship and bringing them to prominence. Like the Knicks. That's kind of what you're getting at, I think. Well, even with the, the Knicks, even with Kevin Durant, they'll be a playoff team, sure. Yeah. They'll be a playoff team. But people are saying, oh, well, the Knicks are going to bring in KD and Kyrie and Anthony Davis. And it's like... Okay, and they're supposed to get Zion. Yeah, and Zion. So, like... <laughs> How much better is that going to improve his legacy? You're going from one super team to another. Mm-hmm. Like with LeBron, at least it was he went from two future Hall of Famers as his teammates to you know a, a young guy who had a lot of promise and ended up being extremely good to you know a role player who was going to play second fiddle no matter what and was a double double machine. That's not Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, and he was still able to win a championship there against arguably the most powerful team in the history of the NBA. Just to be clear, I don't think Kevin Durant is going to New York. I just want to throw that out there. I don't trust their front office to get anything done. New York fans, no disappointment. They get their hopes up that things are going to keep changing, and they never do. I don't think it's going to happen, and if Durant doesn't go, nobody else is going to go. I don't think anything changes this They need season. to do something because the fans are already so upset that, they didn't, that they're not going to get Zion. Mm-hmm. They need to do something. They need mm-hmm. to grab some. Somebody, one impact player. There's they so were many. more sure that he was going to come than Durant, and then Zion ended up not coming. I don't think Durant's going to either. And if Durant doesn't come, then what's the appeal for a guy like Kyrie Irving? And Madison Square Garden, I guess. Mm. It's the same thing that's going to be the appeal for the Lakers. Even though they're bad, it's like, oh, but it's the Lakers. It's, oh, they're bad, but it's the Knicks. It's Madison Square Garden, so... That's all. That's really all you can say when you don't have guys like Zion or Durant. Getting back to the Lakers and their power structure, how much pressure should be put on Genie Bus for putting all this power together, just kind of saying, figure it out, between Magic, who apparently could be the most likable, charming guy ever, and a guy who would be someone who talks behind your back, who could be a tough guy to work with in the office, Rob Palenka, who, as you said, fabricates things for his own benefit, it feels like Jeannie Buss isn't getting talked about or taking responsibility for this. And she should. I mean, I don't know why she's getting a free pass. Well, she should. And, but you can't really blame somebody for someone else's misdeeds. I mean, how much can you blame her for it? Like, she hired those people. She put it all together. But at the same time, she didn't know what was going to go down. She tried to put... I, she, I guarantee you she wasn't trying to sabotage the no, team. No, no. Yeah, so she... But they were just bad hires. Yeah. Palenka and Magic? Neither of them had ever done this job I mean, ABC 10 hired me, and, like, (laughs) you're going to blame them for that? No. (laughs) Boy, you don't need to roast yourself on the show. It's all right. Hey, we're glad to have you up here. (laughs) By the way, congrats to Rachel. Yeah. Production assistant yeah. at the Mothership, Bristol, yeah. Connecticut, working ESPN. On, working on your boat now. Yes, congratulations to Rachel Zerby, former sports director at ABC10. She is now working as a PA uh, production assistant at ESPN headquarters in Bristol. So we're welcoming her to the family. Yeah, it's a good thing I'm happy for her. Yeah, yeah always happy to talk to Rachel and... It's something she needed after yeah. the Philadelphia series. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, we are going to break down the Eastern Conference, Toronto, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, all that is part of it. Plus, we'll look ahead to the finals next in the Sports Pen on ESPN, UP, and the ESPN, UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN, UP, and on the ESPN, UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN, UP. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad to have you along in your Tuesday afternoon. We're back on after the holiday yesterday. Good to have a little time to relax and catch up. And remember those who have sacrificed for us. Always enjoy that kind of a holiday. I tell you what, we've got the NBA Finals to look forward to. We've got the Eastern Conference Finals. I tell you what, it is amazing to me after what I've seen the last couple of weeks, how at one point the San Antonio Spurs thought, you know what? Trading Kawhi Leonard for DeMar DeRozan is an even trade. Or even it's going to benefit us. Like, at one point, they actually thought that. They they thought that, and I still think it was a win-win trade for both teams. Yeah, Kawhi didn't want to play for the Spurs. Well, yeah. He he sat out on purpose because, what, they didn't want to use his doctor? Well, that's the conspiracy. 
I think it's a pretty plausible conspiracy. It's, it is plausible. It is plausible. But he wants you to believe he was actually hurt. Whether he was or not, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but so did Joe Flacco like, <laughs> when Lamar Jackson was taken over. So there's a couple times where stuff like that has happened. But, I mean, they didn't just get DeMar. They, got, they also got a draft pick and one other player I can't think of right now. But... I mean, yeah, I mean, DeMar still worked in that system. I mean, he fit in pretty well. Mm-hmm. and I, It's I, not a knock on him. It's the sheer level and, of dominance Kawhi's playing with right now. And at the same time, you're in the Western Conference, which is way tougher than the East. It is. That's not knocking on the Bucks or the Raptors, but mm-hmm. it, it's tougher. So, And you, he's on the last year of his contract. He he's said he doesn't want to play for you, so he's probably going to leave after that anyway. And why not get some value out of him? Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, it worked out really well for the Raptors, and we have the final three officially for NBA MVP. It was the three we all knew it would be. Really, it's a two-man race. And I tell you what, I kind of wish Kawhi was on the ballot right now because he absolutely dominated the guy who I think is going to win the MVP. And I tell you what, my opinion's changed a little bit on Giannis. There's no doubt he's one of the most unstoppable players in basketball this year. I don't think he's in the conversation for the best anymore after getting seemingly handled by Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, but everybody's got their body. I know they do, I know, but at the same point, when do we start talking about Giannis's post? Because apparently, well, here's the thing. As guys get into their career, they impress early on, but they get to year five or six, and that's when you start needing to have some postseason accomplishments. And right now, Giannis's furthest trip into the postseason ends with them really blowing a series, really blowing a series and losing in six. Yeah, you can't say Eastern Conference Finals isn't far, though. It's not like Anthony Davis, who's got one playoff series win this whole time, or Damian Lillard, who's had C.J. McCollum and for a while had LaMarcus Aldridge as well, and the farthest he got with them was the second round. No, Giannis put together a good performance this year, and yeah, he got a little bit handled by... Uh, by Kawhi in that series, but at the same time, he like that's what the rest of the team is for. Mm-hmm. When somebody goes down, other people have to step up. And it's like you and I both said, we both thought Brooke Lopez was going to have to be a big factor. And, I mean, game one led the team in points, yep. they got the win, but the rest, of those, the rest of the series, he just was sort of absent. It bothered me how Giannis didn't look to shoot at the end of game six. He was looking to pass it off, and to me, a player that caliber has to be looking to take the shot. Well, he has to be looking to score. But Kawhi was doing such a good job of making sure he stays out of the box, stays out of the paint. So I can't blame him for, like, passing it up because Giannis does his best work off-ball. He does his best work in transition and off-ball, right, to sort of get into a position where he can either get one-on-one and drive right past somebody, back somebody down, or work the counterattack. And he wasn't getting those opportunities. And But that's, like I said, that's the thing with the Bucks. Chris Middleton's there. Eric Bledsoe's there. Brooke Lopez is there. Somebody's got to step up when Giannis is down, and nobody really did. And, you know, to Giannis's credit, he did not vomit all over himself like some other players on the Bucks did. Giannis still put up pretty good numbers, yeah. just not the eye-popping numbers we're used to seeing. And I don't think that's going to cost him the MVP award. I still think he's going to win it. Well, MVP doesn't account for postseason. And even if it did, I mean... Harden was eliminated a round earlier, so if you're going to judge him on the same amount of games, I mean, Giannis But you can't tell me that they aren't judging what's happening in the postseason while they still haven't given out the award. Like, even though they're not supposed to, it is starting to come into factor a little bit. I I wouldn't That's just human bias. I wouldn't put anything extra on it. Giannis went a round farther and got the same amount of games out of his final round as Harden did. And Harden was also sort of bottled up against the Warriors. He wasn't as efficient as he was the regular season. So, and not to mention, Giannis' first team all defense. Harden's nowhere near first team all defense. So that's just another check. I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about Harden taking it from Giannis at this point. Giannis will likely be the MVP. I still think he's the most deserving of those three. I was just disappointed by Milwaukee as a whole in that final series. I was confident even when they dropped two, even going into game six, I thought they still were able to turn it around and they had a 15 point lead at one point early on in game six. And you just think if they got one bounce to go their way in that double overtime game three loss, how different the series might look. Well, history is, or something is, some sort of good juju is on Toronto's Mm. side. Talk about one bounce going Milwaukee's way. Talk about one bounce going off the rim the wrong way in Game 7 against Philly. So something is up. It's good to see. What do you think about Giannis walking out of his interview after Game 6? Do you think that's a good look or a bad look? 
I don't like that look. I, you know, especially being media, what have you. I, I get why he did it. I'm not holding that against him, but I don't think it's a good look. No. Okay, I, I actually kind of like it. Do you? Like, at the same sense, like we're both media, so mm-hmm. like obviously we would prefer the guys to stay there and you know, give us their feelings. But at the same time, I think it shows just like he's still passionate and he still wants to win more than anything. Like, yeah, he likes the spotlight, but at the same time, he wants to win. And he straight up gave up the spotlight. He said, no, I can't do this right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with this my own way. And I, I admire that a little bit. Do you think if we could factor in the postseason, if we were legally able to do that, again, it's not uh, legal in the NBA to account postseason in the MVP race, although we all kind of do because we're humans. <laughs> but if we could restructure the final three, the MVP finalist, and put Kawhi Leonard in it, do you think he'd have any chance of winning based on what we know now? No. You don't think so? Based on what we know now, no. I mean, because, I mean, the postseason is at most 21 games thus far. Mm-hmm. Regular season is 82. Okay. I All mean, right. that's, that's another big that's good answer. I mean, there's another guy I'd like to put up there, too. If we're going to talk about putting Kawhi in there, I mean, <laughs> Steph Curry. Like, yeah. There, there are a lot of factors that could go into it. I mean, how valuable is Kawhi, actually? I mean, the team is 17-5 and five without him there. Mm. Toronto was the one seed last year without okay. Kawhi. I could buy that. Uh, yeah, how he, about... He, he's great, but at the same time, you know, seven games isn't worth 82. How about all-defensive team? He was second, should he have been yeah. first? Yeah, I would say yeah. Kawhi should have been first. Kawhi has always been a great defender, and he's like... The best comparison I could think of is... You, like, you never hear Richard Sherman's name anymore. You never hear Joe, Hayden, mm-hmm. Joe Hayden's name anymore. You never really hear, like, Earl Thomas's name anymore when you're watching the NFL. It's because nobody throws at them. It's like, oh, man. I've ne- or Josh Norman, too. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, man, they're not doing anything. I never hear from them. It's because nobody throws at them. Everybody respects them too much. Mm-hmm. Kawhi's the same way. And it's like, yeah, Kawhi didn't put, put up the same numbers as Paul, George, or whoever. But that's because, you know... Kawhi doesn't get all the steals. He just sort of shuts you down. It's the same thing with Clay Thompson, but people sort of recognize that more. But it's because in years past, Kawhi would lead the league in steals, stuff like that. So people were like, oh, he's not leading the league in steals? He must be terrible. No, it's because people have learned to respect him more. I'm glad you're here because you're a Golden State Warriors fan. And before we look ahead to the finals, I want to ask you about something else that happened last week. The All-NBA teams came out. Oh, boy. And Clay Thompson felt noticeably snubbed. And you look at the guys who did make it above him. They picked two guards for each NBA team, first, second, and third team. So basically the NBA says that there are six guards that are better than Klay Thompson. And I don't know that I buy that, although I have a tough time saying the guys up there weren't deserving. Klay Thompson is pretty well deserving. That's that's what I did not. I want to get your have, take on I that. I don't have a problem with any of the six guards. Yep. I have a problem with LeBron. Hmm. 55 games. He played fifth a little bit, man. Like, yeah, you can't leave LeBron off, but at the same time, he did not deserve this year. No, but he gets it because yeah. of the brand recognition. That being, that being said, Clay very slow start to start to the season, November, December. He was not good, just straight up not good. And that probably is what kept him off the All-NBA team. And, yeah, sure, that, that's a, that is a fine reason, in my opinion. Would I have liked to have seen him up there? Yes, because I'm a Golden State Warrior fan. I love to see my guys up there. But, I mean, this saves Golden State $30 million, yeah. and it's going to make Klay Thompson more determined than ever because he doesn't want to miss out on $30 million again. So I don't, I, I don't mind it, but if, I, if you were asking me to make the All-NBA teams, I'd probably put him third team. You had Steph and Harden, rightfully so, with right, the yep. first team yep. guards. We're not moving them. Damian Lillard and Kyrie Irving, second team, and then third team, Russell Westbrook, and who's the last one I'm missing? Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker, that was it. I really like Kemba Walker. I do too. To be honest, and you know my opinions on Westbrook. Mm -hmm. If you're going to take one of those guards out. It is. He's the odd man out. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Kemba's insane. Yeah. Got to put him up there. Yeah. But I tell you what, let's look ahead to the NBA Finals before we hit the break. Tell you what, I I think the Warriors are going to win it in five. I think, I, agree. They repeat. I think five games. I think the Raptors, as good of a run that they've been on, they are a terrible matchup for the Warriors. Golden State would have, excuse me, Milwaukee would have actually given Golden State a good series. Toronto's just not built to be able to compete 
with a team like Golden State. Giannis is unguardable by anybody on Golden State. He's mm-hmm. too big. He's too big for Draymond. He's too he's too quick for Andrew Bogut or Kevon Looney, stuff like that. So Giannis would have been a nightmare, sort of like LeBron. But in this case, like who's Kawhi gonna guard? <laughs> Curry's too Curry's too quick, too uh-huh. small, and stuff like that. You're gonna put if you're gonna put Kawhi on Curry, sure that opens up Clay. Then you also, I mean, even without Durant, the, the Warriors just don't matter. The, the Warriors are just way too good. About Fred Van Vliet, <laughs> <laughs> the new star in Toronto. No, no, man. no, he's but, not. But he had a good Eastern Conference and, final. And, like here's the like, Draymond is undoubtedly going to be guarding Kawhi this entire series. Mm-hmm. That's not an equal trade off because <laughs> let's say they're of equal defensive skills. I'd probably put Kawhi a little bit higher than Draymond, but they're mm-hmm. both really good defenders. That's not an equal trade-off because oh, you're going to limit you're going to limit Draymond from 12 points a game to at best, let's say five. He gets five points a game. That's mm-hmm. seven points. Whereas Draymond is going to be taking Kawhi from 30 a game to 22. That's going to be way more important because Kawhi's also getting the ball a lot more often than Draymond. They have to play in Toronto for games one and two, so the Raptors will have home court advantage. We both think that the Warriors win in five. Which game do the Raptors end up taking? Game one. I think so. Okay. Yeah. The Warriors played from behind that entire series in Portland. <laughs> They're going to be playing from behind here, too. I think the Raptors are a better team than Portland. Mm-hmm. So I think the very first game is going to be a wake-up call, and it's going to be it's going to be something that the Warriors go, oh, hey, like, all right, let, let's, let, let's do this. Durant is traveling to Toronto. He will be out for game one. Does he come back for game two? No. No. It, I think at best he returns game four. Mm. Okay. And I think I think maybe if the Raptors take a two-one series lead, uh, he returns for game four. But if the Warriors take a two-one series lead or a three-one series lead, if it's two-two, maybe game five. But the three-one series lead, he's not playing this series. Do you even want him back? Well, you Warrior fans, yeah. you love your homegrown guys, and they're playing well without him right now. They're, they've been playing well without him forever. 30, what is it, 33 and 4 now? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, obviously I want him there. He adds a lot, and two finals MVPs speak for themselves. He does well in clutch situations. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, also, I don't want him to leave. Like, I want him to return next year. Cause he's a, he, well, he, okay. So here's the thing. I My opinion is that the Warriors will be even better without Durant. Mm-hmm. That's a theory. I can, but if we look at just the last three years now, we know that they're already really, really good with Durant. So why would I want to take a chance on the theory when I've already got proof in the pudding yeah. that they're going to be insane with Durant? This is why no one can stand the Warriors, is they took a team that already had won 73 games in a single season, and they add a player who takes them over the top, makes them literally unbeatable, and now they are losing their minds worrying because they're about to play for a championship again, and they're thinking, oh my gosh, do we add this 35-point-per-game all-world score, and will we get worse by doing so? Sometimes, man. You can hate if you want, but... I'm not hating, it's just... It's just how the the game works, right? I mean, it's just logistics. Yeah, it might be great to have... I'm trying to think of an analogy, but it might be great to have that extra thing. But if you're worse, let's let's put this in a news perspective. Mm. You can put you can put these incredible looking graphics up, right? Mm. But if by doing so it cuts off communications with your control room, all of a sudden you can't hear anything and it messes up the timing on everything, messes up the whole quality of the show. Is it really worth it? It's nice to have. It looks really good. Might increase the production value, but in terms of quality of what the actual content, it's going to be worse. I'm Radio Michael. <laughs> Talking about graphics. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't know, you don't know nothing about this. <laughs> I tell you what, we owe you another time out just across the bottom of the hour. When we come back, could a new trend be emerging regarding the top prospects coming out of high school prior to the NBA? Next in the Sports Band on ESPN, UP, and the ESPN UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hofling with you. Glad you're with us. Here's your Sports Center update. 
Some football news. The Oakland Raiders have signed former All-Pro guard Richie Incognito. Meanwhile, Bengals head, or former Bengals head coach Marvin Lewis will join Herm Edwards' staff at Arizona State. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies center fielder Odubel Herrera was arrested and charged with domestic violence last night in Atlantic City. And finally, a stray dog in China crashed a college track meet. The dog ran onto the track during the 100-meter dash and ran alongside the human racers. He finished second. Someone outran a dog. Hey, I've been trying to do that my whole life. I don't think I could. Well, I don't think I could either. I mean, I'm Maybe a, a really old dog. I'm a swimmer, all right? I could outswim a dog for sure. Okay. Either. But, I mean, but you've never tried to do, have you ever tried to? Oh, yeah, that? absolutely. Yeah, of course. I have dogs. I try, like, playing with them or racing them and... Did not work. No, didn't you, work you, for me. you never win. You got to be some special. So I guess or it's got to be like a like a fifteen year old dog, probably, probably, or a dog that's like a hundred pounds overweight. And something. Uh, I tell you what, dog comes out and gets second. Don't know if a medal was awarded to him or not, but should have. Should have. He's a good boy. I uh, tell you what, the fifth ranked high school basketball prospect in the country, R.J. Hampton, broke news this morning. He announced that he is going to forego college basketball. He would have only been there one year anyway. And he is going to play professionally in New Zealand this next year instead of going to the NCAA. Again, fifth-ranked prospect in the country. He would have played certainly somewhere. And he's turning down the exposure he would get playing at Duke, Kansas, North Carolina, Kentucky, schools like that. And he's choosing to go to New Zealand where he's going to make a lot of money. He's not going to get the exposure, certainly, in the New Zealand Professional League, but he is going to make a lot of money. I don't know if this is going to be a trend that's going to continue or not, but he's certainly setting up a path for others in case they want to follow in his footsteps. I'll tell you what, you're saying he's not going to get the exposure? We're talking about him right now. Well, yeah, you get a point. He is a path setter, and that's going to get him all the exposure he needs because if he works out, because people are not going to forget him. People are going to be like, oh, how about that kid from New Zealand? Mm-hmm. How many people on, on Duke could you name last year? Could you name, could you name the, all of Duke's starting five? Start this year? past season? This past season. Well, Zion, RJ, and Cam Reddish. Um, Alex O'Connell didn't start, did he? No. I I was, he was just kind of goofy, so that's yeah. why I remember him. Yeah, but everybody's going to remember that guy in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. You might not remember his name, but you're going to know he's there. You're going to know that he's the guy who set something up and possibly set up a new sort of way for the NBA to work and get its players. I like his motivation behind it. I like his ideas behind it. And I like what he's doing with it. Because, you know, sorry for this, but, like, screw the NCAA and Mm. their their stupid one-year rule. I hate that. It is stupid. Yeah, I hate it. So he's sticking it to the man, and I like it. Is this going to be a good move for him professionally? Like, will he translate to the NBA or have a better shot of translating to the NBA by doing this? Luca did. Luca did, but he's he's one of the rare few. And I'm talking about an American-born player who goes overseas to play professionally and then tries to come back. Oh, we we haven't seen Leangelo or or No, and I don't think they would pan out anyway. I don't think they're panning out. The best examples we have are guys like, Terrence Ferguson or Emmanuel Moutier, guys like that. Yeah, but here's the thing. Unlike those guys, there's no question with... And I'm not saying they're dumb people, but, like, he could have gone and been, like, a really good really good academically, too. Mm-hmm. He's considered a really, really smart guy. Yep. And so he, this is an actual calculated choice where he's like, I'm going here, I'm going to play here, I'm going to get some probably better experience in terms of the level of play, because guess what? NBA teams play summer league games against teams in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. He's going to play NBA talent before anybody in college gets to. I do think if there's one trend that is really going to emerge from this will be how the NBA thinks of the G League. This is what they want the G League to be. You know, Certainly the NCAA has got to get rid of that one-and-done rule, but the NCAA wants the G League to be this league where guys come to get their one year between the high school ranks and the NBA out of the way. The fact is, he's going to make a lot more money in New Zealand than he ever would at the G League level, and I think we're going to start seeing some pay increases. Salaries are going to go up for players in the G League. I think there is absolutely no downside to what this man is doing. Mm, I don't know. Other than the exposure thing, but even still, I think he's going to get phenomenal exposure just being the first guy to do this. Yeah, I still think there's some 
value to getting that college degree. I mean, he, if they're, it doesn't they're work not out. not getting that degree after one year. A lot of those players aren't, no, but you have the opportunity to go back to college like Greg Oden did. If you leave early, you go back, and Greg Oden did end up just graduating. Yeah, I mean, you have that opportunity, but at the same time, you can always just go to college for one year, for, for, for one year more. So, yeah, they go back to college to finish out the remaining three years. So now this guy, oh, he can go to college. He's got to do four years. Oh, all of a sudden that's some super bad thing. No, it's one extra year. So I, I don't mind it. He is uh, heading to New Zealand, and it's interesting because you think about some places that guys would go to play professionally, and very rarely is New Zealand one of those countries that you think of. You think of Europe, you think of China, some of the Eastern Bloc countries. It's not... I will say that. Yeah, that that was a weird choice, I think. But he actually is going to make a lot more money than he would in Europe. So it's kind of like a hidden gem, this league down under, if you want to go that route. Well, okay, now that you mention that, that is the one downside. Yeah, he's making more money, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to be the same level of competition as Lithuania or China. Those mm-hmm. are obviously two better leagues, in my in my opinion. I mean, and he talks all this game about having mad respect for Luka, so why not go play where Luka did, Right. We're still waiting to see if the balls can work out before this whole thing, experiment, skipping college and going to play in Europe is worth it. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to know what his thought process was. Maybe he wanted to get in New Zealand where he's going to make more money and not totally get annihilated by these almost NBA-level <laughs> talent players, right? Maybe, maybe that was the case. And maybe, maybe New Zealand is just, just tough enough to where it's going to be a good match but not tough enough to the point where it's going to make him want to quit the game. I'm not sure if we're going to see a lot of high schoolers continue to follow suit with this. They might, but if someone like Zion Williamson, if he was the one that did this, I think it would be a no-brainer. It would be a new trend. You'd get high school top recruits going out uh, overseas all over the world. He just has that kind of influence, and I'm not sure that R.J. Hampton does. It might be a move that people explore going forward, but if someone like Zion did it, I would think this would be pretty much a guarantee. Give it six years. Yeah. If, if R.J. Hampton uh, gets to the NBA and or gets to the NBA and in the next five to six years wins a championship, rookie of the year, uh, kills it, and made a bunch of money in New Zealand, oh, it's going to be a thing for sure. <laughs> For sure. But, I mean, at the same time, five, six years, if he turns into an Emmanuel Moody or something mm-hmm. like that, nobody's going to care. I tell you what, I should have snuck this into the last segment. How about this for a stat of the day? Every NBA final since 1999 has had one of these four players, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Dwayne Wade, and Steph Curry. How about that? That's kind of cool. Pretty good stat. Yeah. Four players throughout the last... What was the thing? How many years would that be? 19? 20. Because this is 2019. 20, yeah. yeah. 20 years. Have, have you seen the stat where it's like the last 35 years, at least one teammate at Shaquille O'Neal has been in the NBA Finals? Is that right? This okay. year it's Danny Green, who was his teammate on the Cavs in 2000. Danny Green's still around. Yeah, he's on the Raptors. I know he is, but that's still hilarious to me. 35 years. Shaquille O'Neal's been everywhere, done everything, and he's still making an impact. Does he still have beef with Charles Barkley? Shaq and I didn't know they ever did. Shaq and Chuck, they've had beef over the last few weeks. Oh, well, they, they, they do a great job on camera, so I don't mind. <laughs> I think they I did think they do it on purpose. Uh, I, I wonder if well <laughs> yeah probably, but I wonder if Shaq still has beef with Dwight Howard because that was Ooh, a that'd be a good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder what Dwight Howard's doing nowadays. Playing in Washington, I believe. Yeah, but is he? He's not playing. He hasn't been playing lately, has he? Well, he hasn't been in the playoffs. Well, I mean, no, didn't, you know didn't, what I mean. Did he tear his groin or his butt muscle? Or yeah, something? something like that. Like he's not been playing when Washington's yeah, yeah. been playing. Yeah. I do remember that now. <laughs> Dwight Howard. There have been some good NBA beefs. We could do a whole show based on like the best NBA beefs. We'd have Darren Williams' name popping up quite a bit. There are a couple. There are, what would it be? Austin Rivers and Chris Paul. Yeah, there you How go. Going, yeah. uh, you can have about the Warriors fans and Kevin Durant. <laughs> I wouldn't call that a beef. Yeah, uh, maybe not quite yet. I, I will say, I think... It's getting to Durant a little bit, and if yeah. he does leave this offseason, he's going to say something. He's going to say something about it after. 
I, I love you, Kevin. So I know, but he's this is a warrior fan base that would be very much okay with seeing him go. And he has such thin skin. We know how great he is, but any time that the media tries to poke at him, maybe not even poke at him, but be firm on him when they're interviewing him, he goes off on a tangent and a rant that says the media is after me. They're demonizing me. Sometimes guys just ask tough questions. You may not like it, but that doesn't mean the media hates you. Yeah. I mean, he's just that thin skin that everything is a perceived threat to him. Yeah, that's why I think he's definitely going to say something. Because, like you said, Warriors fans are wondering if they even want him. So he's definitely going to say something where it's like, they don't respect me enough or something like that. I hope he doesn't, and I hope he learns, because Warriors fans definitely do admire him and respect him. But I don't know how likely it is that that happens. He almost came to Boston three years ago. I don't know why he's not being linked to them this offseason, because they could sure use a guy like him. But as much as I've talked about Kevin Durant over the last few years, all will be forgiven if he puts on a Celtics uniform this fall. I think, I, I think it's more likely he goes to Washington. think so. Washington. Washington. Right. But do you think that the Wizards are an appealing team right now? Yeah. Do you? It's, okay. home, it's hometown. Kevin Durant's got nothing else to prove. He's no. got two finals, two finals MVPs. He wants to be thought of as better than LeBron. He wins his third ring here. He'll have as many rings. What's the issue? Go play with Go play. Enjoy your family. I think he's going to go to the Clippers. I think the Clippers is where he ends up. Yeah. I think I think Kawhi goes to the Clippers. I I can see it happening. You think both are going to go to the Clippers? I think it's very possible both of them do. Oh, hey, here's the thing about Toronto. We'd have LeBron, Kawhi, KD, and Steph all in the same division. That's that's crazy. <laughs> Almost. Do you think that having uh, if the Raptors do win the finals this year, is that going to make it easier for Kawhi to leave? We were talking about this earlier. That's why I brought it yeah, up, because uh, you had a great take on it. Why would you want to leave a city where you win a championship? They obviously love you enough to get rid of their other star player. The fan base is great. You got Drake on your side. I. It, it could be enough for him to just be like, hey, I did you guys a favor. So long, fam. But at the same time, they have embraced you. Mm, they, they have. have. They have taken you in, made you their guy, turned you into an icon. People are saying he's the best player in the league. Some people think he's best or second best next to KD. Why would you want to leave a place that made you such an icon, took you away from... People thought he was soulless. People thought he had no personality in San Antonio. And now he's become the man, this guy, this guy that... He's turned to everything. Why would you want to leave that? It's cold. Taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't see him spending the rest of his career in Toronto, although you're right. That fan base is so passionate. They love him up there. They would bend over backwards for him. Yeah, and why would you want to go from a Raptor to a Clipper? Karma can suck sometimes, but come on. <laughs> or what's the word? Reincarnation can, can suck sometimes. But. Oh, we owe you our last time out. We're going to the ice when we come back. Game one last night, dropping the puck on the Stanley Cup final. We'll break it down next. The sport's been on ESPNUP, the ESPNUP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of the show today, catch it on demand with our free mobile app. You can get it from the Apple iStore or Google Play. Just search up ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad to have you here. We talk ice. We talk pucks to break down the final 10 minutes of The Sports Pen Tell you what, everything looked like St. Louis was ready to be where they were for the first time in 49 years. They erupt out of the gate, take a 2 nothing lead, and they looked like they had 49 years worth of pent-up aggression, maybe is the right word, to want to be at this stage. And then, kind of like the Bucks and Raptors series, a 4-2 victory is the result. Mm -hmm. Except this time it is the Boston Bruins, the team that was probably supposed to be there, the favorite, you could say, they end up taking game one. Big night from Sean Corrali, a goal and an assist. He was flying around the ice. Boston maybe had a little rust after not playing for 11 days, but they got things figured out pretty quick. I wouldn't say that they have it in the in the bag, though. They, they no. look like the better team. But, I mean, the Sharks won game one. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't that, say that, that, it, that this series is far from over. Yeah. It really is. But Boston is showing how good they really can be. They're a good team. They are the better team. But the better team doesn't always win. No, and I think St. Louis deserves to win this one. They have been the hottest team. It's crazy. They were last place in the league, right? Yep, on January 3rd. 
so more than probably about halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. About halfway through the season, the last. Could you imagine if the Baltimore Orioles won the World Series this year? I think the Marlins are the comparison right now. Yeah, if the Miami Marlins won the World Series this year, that is the <laughs> equivalent of what the St. Louis Blues are about to do. They has been amazing what they've been accomplished so far and what they could still potentially bring home. Last night, Boston just looked like they were a better team and St. Louis didn't have an answer. So now Craig Berube is really going to have his you know, feet to the fire uh, because he's got to come up with a game plan to try and solve what we saw last night. And that just was dominance for the final about 30 minutes, uh, dominance by the Boston Bruins. I would not put it out of his reach. He is some sort of genius to have been able to get St. Louis here in the first place. So, I mean, in my opinion, the Sharks were a better team. The Jets were a better team. The Stars, not so much. Let's not go too yeah. far. But they still find a way to come out on top every single time. Mm-hmm. I still think the Blues are my pick to win this Stanley Cup final. Okay. What gives you so much confidence? Is just that. Well, one, I can't stand. I have a friend who is obsessed with. <laughs> With all things Boston sports. I think we all do. I think everyone has at least one Boston sports fan that just annoys us. Yeah, so now I just don't want the Bruins, Patriots, Celtics, sorry Tanner, or the uh, Bruins... Red Sox. Yeah, Red Sox. Ever to win anything ever again. Obviously they're going to, but yeah, as you said, we all have that one friend. So yeah, I want the St. Louis Blues to win, but at the same time... They just have figured everything out. Like, even when something's not going their way, next thing you know, boom, they turn it around on you. Something goes their way, and all of a sudden, they're ahead of you four games to two take going to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, I, I, I mean, is Boston, Boston is better. Mm-hmm. Man for man, special teams, they are better. But St. Louis just has something. Yeah. They have the it factor. Craig Berube showed how valuable he is as a coach by what they did this year, coming out of the cellar on January 3rd to where they are now. There's no doubt he can coach and he can make adjustments when his back is to the wall. That's probably going to be the case here. I was going to ask you if you think St. Louis will finally win their first ever Stanley Cup final game, but you think they're going to win the series, so they do. They are going to win this series. Six or seven? Six or seven. Okay. They're not going to come back and win four straight. Will they split in Boston? Think they bounce back? Oh, will they, will they take game two? Yeah. Yeah, they'll take game two. Okay. They'll take game two. They'll probably split in St. Louis, too, and then I wouldn't put it past them to take the next two. I like this team. I, I do like this Blues team I a lot. I think their first elimination game, their first chance that they have to clinch, because I don't know if there's any players on the team that have actually won a cup before. There might be. We'll have to. Oscar Sundquist, I know, won one okay. with Pittsburgh, but he was a fourth okay. liner. He wasn't okay. a big part of that. But still, there's not, there's not a lot of, like, headline guys right. that have won a cup. So their first chance that they get to clinch, they're going to go all out. They're going to win the clinching game like 6-1 to one or something. Jeez. Some incredible score, and it's going to be awesome to see. Well, some people would say the opposite, is that you have those guys, your best players do not have cup experience. Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Schwartz, guys like that, they w- might say the opposite, that guys like that with their lack of cup experience won't know how to close it out. I'm so over the whole experience argument. <laughs> when, when, name one other, oh, it's like, oh, Anthony Davis, has exp- he doesn't have experience in the second round, so he can't make it. No, it's just he's, he's not clutch. He just, doesn't have that, he just doesn't have that in him to succeed in the playoffs for some odd reason. It's not because of experience. I mean, Patrick Mahomes made it to Tom Brady his first year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Alex Smith and the 49ers, their first year in the playoffs, they came back, beat the world-beater New Orleans Saints, and were one Kyle Williams away. We're, well, three Kyle Williams fumbles away from the, <laughs> um, from, the, from the Super Bowl. We see this all the time where first-year players or people who have just been thrust into the spotlight they go far in the playoffs, and it's like, oh, they, they can't do it because of experience. Not get no <laughs> experience doesn't mean anything nowadays. It was if you're a, good if you ball if you can ball, you're you're going far. That was an Allen Iverson Escarant experience practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Thanks. Man. AI would be proud. Thank you. I, I I'll take that to heart. <laughs> I tell you what, that is going to be coming up tomorrow night. We look forward to Game 2 in Boston. And we're still waiting on the NBA Finals, which feels like it's going to be forever before they get going. 
That's uh, I think that's Thursday. I think so too. It's going to be game one Thursday. So I, that's good. They've I got. I think I said yesterday on air that it was on, that it was tomorrow or today, but I think that's wrong. Yeah, pretty no sure one's wrong. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> Half the stuff I say on here is wrong. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, no, well, I mean, oh, I tell you what. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out. I'm hoping for St. Louis. I think it will be Boston. If so, you can agree with me or not on this, but I want to get your thoughts on it. St. Louis's Conn Smythe winner is Jaden Schwartz. Mm-hmm. It's Tuca if it's Boston. I agree with both of those. Okay. We had, this, we had the, the debate about Tuca before on the show, I'm pretty sure. Back when, before we knew the matchup. Yeah. Which was a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about how Tuca's probably the best player in these playoffs right now. I think he is. Yeah, I think he is too. Mm-hmm. I think Jordan Bennington is also incredible. Yeah, he is. I mean, I, there's not a big gap between yeah. Bennington and Tuca right If now. St. Louis wins, I think it's a toss-up between how solid Bennington's been and James Schwartz because he's been on fire too. But yeah, like like you said, I think Tuca Rask is the best player in this, these playoffs right now. And that's not a knock on Schwartz, Tarasenko, Pasternak, or anything like that. But If Boston does win the Cup... Which skater has the best chance of winning the Conn Smythe? Would it be Bergeron, Marchand, Chara even? Uh, you mentioned Pasternak. Crakey, uh, Corrali had a good game last night. There's nobody that sticks out to me. No, there's waiting, not. I was waiting for you to say a name where I was like, that's it. <laughs> there's nothing. I mean, we can go through the list, but there's there's really nobody that you can say has outplayed Tuka Rask through the course of these playoffs. No, you, no. you can't. And that's what's putting Boston in the Stanley Cup final right now. That's what won him game, game one. He was phenomenal. Well, I tell you what, we are running short on time as we get set to close it out and end the workday. Appreciate you as always, my man. What is going on at ABC 10? You know, it's always going to be a good show. So, you know what? We don't have any significant stories coming up. I might be trying to beat the meat challenge at Queen City Burger very soon. What is that? It's where you eat like three pounds of burger. It's going to be this incredible thing. We're going to film it probably. I've been known to eat a lot. I don't look like it. But people are always astounded at how much I eat. So we might be trying that soon. So stay tuned for that. Where is this? Queen City Burger Company. Queen First First person to do it gets $100. So I might need to try that. It's, it's fun. It's, it's like a three-pound burger, a bunch of fries, uh, and you have to thirty minutes to do it, and then you get a hundred bucks if you're the first person. Can somebody help you? No, no, nobody can help you. Oh wow! You would you ever think about those contests where it's like you have an hour to finish like eight hundred chicken nuggets? Who would you pick to help you? <laughs> I'd pick my dog. You get your dog? I wonder if anyone could. No, I wouldn't I want to put that stress legal. on my dog. Yeah, but he'd eat it. No, he'd, yeah, but he'd throw it up immediately and have to take him to the bed <laughs> after. I'd spend that 100 bucks on veterinary bills. Knowing my dog or anything cheese-related, either of my dogs, they would not hate it. It would be totally worth it if they got to just devour whatever was on that plate. I wouldn't doubt it, but I don't know. I, don't, I have a small dog, too, so it probably wouldn't work out for him. I tell you what, that is it for us. Again, check us out on demand if you missed any part of the show earlier today. We're back on tomorrow. And if you like college baseball, it's going to be the show for you. We're going to be breaking down the NCAA tournament coming up this weekend. Hear from a few guests, plus George Nimi, the new head football coach at Ishwaming. All that coming up tomorrow on ESPN-UP. Signing off from the ESPN-UP WZAM Studios, my name's Tanner Hoops for John Michael Hofling. Thanks for tuning in to the Sports Pen.